My jungle will lure you in, with paths that are deceptively apparent, and secrets that will never be uncovered. Silver starlight may show you the way, shape-shifting shadows will lead you astray. So open your eyes, I shall show you a world etched deep in my mind, and free from your kind. Only the greatest explorers of the unknown, those who are willing to lose themselves can unravel the enigma. For the essence of the jungle lies not in being found, but in getting lost. Welcome to Thorn's Jungle. Okay, how's it going everyone? Hope you've uh, had a good week so far. We're halfway through the, uh, the working week. So we're nearly there. We're nearly at the weekend. Well, halfway there. <laughs> it's Wednesday here in Perth. I know for you people in the in the US it's still Tuesday. We are in the future here. Although you wouldn't know it by living here. <laughs> but um today's episode is a real fascinating subject. Uh it is super interesting. Um and it's complicated as well. It's a complicated field and if you weren't clued in about it or didn't quite know too much about it, you would think that this was almost evidence of the divine, of creationism, uh, because it is very hard to grasp, but the more you learn about it, the more it gets a bit more complicated than just life was created. So this subject is called Convergent Evolution. And it's where animals from different ancestry that didn't share close ancestry, animals and plants, because plants can show examples of convergent evolution. Um, it's where animals that aren't necessarily related, that kind of evolved in uh, different lineages, uh, developed very similar anatomical features, abilities, and characteristics. Um, so an animal that, I mean, there are animals that do share common ancestors that did evolve very similar attributes, but there are also animals that aren't even closely related that share very, like, eerily similar characteristics and uh, features anatomically. So to get right into it, uh, before I go into some examples of this, I want to explain how how complex sort of evolution is and when I say talking about sort of evolution and when animals appeared in this epoch uh, in time I don't mean they just appeared like one day they were there the next day they weren't so life pretty much all life appeared during the Cambrian epoch right uh, they also call it the Cambrian Explosion because that is a point in time where life appeared on Earth. Now, when you say Cambrian Explosion, that, that suggests that, boom, life was here. But what you need to understand is this period of time went for nearly 56 million years. Life started and then started developing to more complex life forms. So that's going from single-celled organisms 
and then evolving into multi-celled, more complex organisms like trilobites and things like that. And then obviously it goes on from there. But a million years, let alone 56 million years, one million years is a hell of a long time. You know, people say, how do these animals evolve? You know, you get from dinosaurs to slugs and things like that in, you know, only a few million years. But that a few million years is a hell of a long time. Like 220 million years is a shitload of time. If you think about it, for you to count to a million, all right? So every, every number is equal to a second. For you to count to a million, it'll take you nearly 14 days to count to a million. So a million years is a hell of a long time, let alone 200 million years, 60 million years, 56 million years, you know? So life doesn't just pop up in complex forms. It is developed through the process of evolution, okay? And the thing with convergent evolution is there are a million ways to skin a cat, you know? And you give a million people a cat, tell them to skin it and give them a million years, there's going to be times where a lot of people skin that cat the exact same, the same way, even though they're not next to each other watching them how they, how they skin it, you know? It's like, if there's a problem, over time, people are going to come up with the same solution. And that's what convergent evolution is. We both live on the same earth. We, are both have, we all have the same atmosphere. But there are animals that have similar things that you know, one lives underwater, the other lives on land. So a few examples of convergent evolution where an animal from different lineages have evolved uh, similar attributes would be, for example, birds, bats, and pterosaurs. All right, so birds obviously have wings and can achieve flight. Well, most of them can. Bats have wings and achieve flight. Ter bats are mammals, birds are birds, aves, mammalia, and then you've got the pterosaurs, which are flying reptiles. These are all animals from very, from different lineages uh, that have all, all evolved the same things, which is flight, wings and flight. So how does, how does that happen when they aren't really closely related? Uh, that is a example of convergent evolution. Different animals from that don't necessarily share very close ancestors developing sort of the same thing. Now, although birds have feathers, bats, it's more of a membranous wing, pterosaurs are the same thing. They, how the hell do you get to these almost design of wings when you've evolved completely separately? Now, it's the same thing under certain conditions uh, certain pr problems that arise, they get to, they reach the same conclusion, and that is flight. So, I'm gonna tell you a few examples of convergent evolution. Uh, it's pretty pretty interesting because you it, a lot of people wouldn't even think about it. Go, okay, well, there's dolphins and sharks. Dolphins are mammals. Sharks are cartilaginous fish. Yet they have a very similar body plan. Yeah, their locomotion's different. Obviously, a dolphin being a cetacean, 
uh, moves by moving its tail up and down, whereas a shark, being a fish, moves it from side to side. But they all have pectoral fins, they all have dorsal fins. They have caudal fins, but they, they look different, but still, it's a tail fin. Uh, their streamlined body shape is very similar, yet they evolved completely differently. You know, sharks evolved, you know, hundreds of millions of years before dolphins, yet they both came to that same streamlined, uh, similar body plan. Now, this is because when, you know, mammals took to water, because mammals, cetaceans, they derived from a wolf-like animal. Their ancestors came from land. So, the problems they faced when they took to water, and were evolving in water, um, they came to the same conclusion that sharks did, you know, a couple hundred million years beforehand. And that's because they both went through the same issues and they came to the same conclusions via evolution. It's not like they decided to come to that. It was all natural selection, you know, natural trial and error to come to that same conclusion. Um, if you look at jaguars and leopards, now these are animals that are quite closely related. They are both from the genus Panthera, um, but Leopards are Old World, so they're African, Asian. Jaguars are New World. They're South American, Central America, up to parts of North America. Yet they both look very similar. Like, most people have a hard time differentiating the, the two. You know, looking at the differences between a jaguar and a leopard, a lot of people have a hard time knowing which one's which. Now, that's not because they were originally the same animal with the same uh, patterns and rosettes and then they just went on to different locations. No, they evolved separately and both came to that same body plan, body colors, body patterns because they both fill that same niche of the territory and the environment that they live in. So a jaguar's rosettes, which are the spots, air quoting, which they're not, they're actually like kind of rings, Jaguars' rosettes have markings inside them, whereas the leopards don't. Jaguars have more dog-like faces than a leopard. Jaguars have sort of shorter limbs, uh, shorter legs. And a jaguar is larger than a leopard. It sort of is around the size of a tigress, a female tiger. But to look at the two, they look very damn similar. And this is convergent evolution, where they have evolved in similar environments uh, to prey on similar prey and they have come to that same uh, general body plan and colour and patterns to each other because of very similar problems they face. Uh, we've got saber-toothed cats. You know, you look at a saber-toothed... They call them saber-toothed tigers, but they're not actually a tiger. They're, they're, uh, they're a different genus to the tiger. They're... Smilodon fatalis is probably the most recognisable saber-toothed cat. Um, and you've got... It, it evolved from completely three different lineages, look very similar, and all evolved uh, saber-like teeth. Like you've got the... Um, what are they called? Nimravids, which are the false saber-toothed cats. You've got the Spirassosodont. Actually, it's the Spiracidont. Spiracidont. That sounds 
that sounds better, the Sporacidont, which is, they called the marsupial saber-toothed cat. Um, now, it's not really a marsupial, they've just discovered, but these are different lineages of animal that all ended up looking like each other. You know, it's just, it's, I'd almost like to say it's coincidence, but it's not because they had the same issues in life. They had the same niches that they had to fill and they all ended up come to the same conclusion. Like you have so many different tribes on this planet of people, you know, worlds apart. And for some reason they all invented spears. They all invented similar huts. They all invented clothing so they all suffered I mean this is just sort of loosely talking here um, but they all suffered from the same sort of problems and they all reached very similar conclusions they all have spears you know tribes worlds apart invented bows and arrows and they had no contact with each other so that is it's not really convergent evolution but it's almost like convergent culture I guess um sticky tongues in animals so animals like aardvarks anteaters echidnas numbats even sloth bears all evolved these long slender sticky tongues because they all prey on the same thing ants and uh, grubs termites so they all evolved similar tongues now uh, none of these animals are related at all Aardvark's not part of Xenarthra anymore, so it's not in the same family as anteaters. Even, you know, armadillos and uh, pangolins all have these sticky tongues. Um, but for some reason, because of their same sort of specialised diet, they had to evolve this sticky long tongue. And they did it completely separate from each other, yet all came to that same conclusion the long sticky tongue um, another one would be fingerprints uh, so every so humans monkeys and apes have very distinct fingerprints um, no other animal does except the koala which is a marsupial it's from a completely different lineage we're we're placental mammals uh, koalas are marsupials so we are only very 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 distantly related Yet koalas evolved uh, fingerprints, just like us. And that's to get better grip on things, especially in trees. So that's another example of convergent evolution. This one is crazy as well. The marsupial mole compared to the placental mole. So these are animals that evolved. The marsupial mole obviously evolved in Australia. The placental mole evolved a way, way, way away from the marsupial mole. Um, yet the marsupial mole looks exactly like a, well, very similar to a normal mole. It evolved long hands, it evolved basically no eyes. It looks like a mole, except it's not. It evolved completely separately. And it, it wasn't already a mole and just branched off to Australia and became more mole-like. No, this, this evolved completely separately to placental moles that aren't on Australia it, it's it's spun out um, you got marsupial lions which is the uh, thylus I always fuck it up thylosolio thylosolio oh 
yeah, that sounds right. Thylosolia, which is the uh, marsupial lion. It's a marsupial, but it has retractable claws just like a cat. Now, these are very, 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 very distantly related. Like, basically not related at all. Yet they evolved retractable claws just like a cat. Now, retractable claws are beneficial because it keeps the claws sharp and they don't get worn down while walking. And the uh, thylosolio evolved this, this same thing. Now, these are just examples of more like physiological uh, convergent evolution examples. But there are more where it comes down to more like special abilities of convergent evolution. And one of them would be echolocation. So we know dolphins and other cetaceans, like whales, use echolocation for navigation, mainly in the cetaceans. Um, but you've also got micro bats, which are the bats that eat sort of insects. They use echolocation to find prey. Now this is a ability in two very different animals. You've got a land flying mammal and you've got a cetacean, which is a marine mammal. It's a dolphin and a whale. Look at the difference between the two. They are only really related in the fact that they're mammals, so they share an ancestor so far back it's insane. And they both use echolocation. Now you've also got shrews that use, that have sort of recently just been discovered that use a primitive echolocation. They will squeak, use little squeaks, um, so when the noise bounces back they can sort of determine whether anything's in front of them. Um, and this is mainly for navigation through holes and things like that, not necessarily for finding prey. But there are three very different animals that have all evolved the same special ability. Um, going back to like uh, physiological attributes, we got like prehensile tails. So in your New World monkeys, so monkeys from Central South America have prehensile tails. Uh, there are also lizards, like some skinks and chameleons, that have prehensile tails. There are opossums, which is a marsupial that has a prehensile tail. Very different animals that have all evolved the same thing, even though they are nowhere near each other. Um, gharials, found in India. They're a crocodilian with a very long slender tongue, um, snout. And also river dolphins have very long slender snouts. They're very similar because they suffer from the same afflictions. They have very similar prey, fish. Um, so they've, evolutionarily speaking, they have converged like without even being closely related at all. This is a reptile and a mammal we're talking about. Now some of the most, more trippy ones are like an octopus and a human. And you'd be like, how the hell do they share anything similar? Well, we both have very similar eyes. We have both evolved uh, photo eyes. And this is probably one of the most bizarre ones because this is an invertebrate. This is, this is an animal that has no, no, when, no, no common relation to us at all. Like, in the slightest. And we all both evolved very similar eyes. Now, eyes started from little 
spots on um, organisms that are like called light spots or eye spots then they started just being um, basically just to see if there's light over the top of you so if there's a predator coming from above it'll notice the change of light and it can get a, have a chance to run away or swim away uh, so they're very primitive eyes then they evolve much more complexity all the way to the eyes that we have now and also octopus have and this one's very bizarre because we don't really share the same prey we're not even in the same environment we're on land octopus are in the ocean yet we and we evolved millions and millions and millions of years apart and all for some reason did a full circle and came straight back to one another where we have the same eyes it's just insane and you can see why people would go well that has to be proof of a creator but no in actual fact it's millions and millions of years and I told you how long a million years is let alone tens of millions of years or hundreds of millions of years this is that amount of time to trial and error certain things certain mutations to where the animals that have the slightly better eyes or the slightly different eyes tend to live and uh, mate and procreate and then that sort of that's how it kind of happens and we'll get into another we'll get into an evolution podcast episode uh, a bit later but um, it's like look at dogs for example dogs are descendants of domestic descendants of a wolf-like animal you know they didn't directly descend from canis lupus like the grey wolf but we share a very common ancestor with the grey wolf the grey wolf is the closest ancestor that dogs have so they're very closely related but dogs sort of evolved from a proto-wolf type animal that was very closely related to the grey wolf so much so that dogs scientific name is canis lupus familiaris indicating that there are subspecies of Canis lupus lupus, which is the grey wolf. So they are so closely related. And dogs have only been domesticated for about 15,000 years. Right? They first sort of started being domesticated. So it obviously takes a lot longer, you know, maybe a few couple of thousand years to start seeing the, the differences in dog breeds coming out. You know, there's a lot of natural selection, um, not natural selection, selective breeding that goes into that, where, you know, certain dog breeds all around the world start sort of taking their more familiar forms. Um, and that what you've got to think about, in the 15 years that dogs have been domesticated, we went from an animal that was basically a wolf to a bloody chihuahua. In that amount of time, less than 15,000 years, we got from a wolf to a chihuahua. And they're basically the same species. Or a Great Dane and a chihuahua. Look how different those two animals are. Like, in the way they look, but they are the exact same species. But their variance is so huge between the two. I mean, a chihuahua's, if it's lucky, the size of a Great Dane's head. And that was only 15,000 years. Imagine what can happen in 15 million years. The differences, the changes, the evolution of animals within that time can be enormous. So whenever you go, I don't see how a T-Rex can evolve like this and how it got to 
that size, how whales evolved from wolf-like animals on land. Well, look at, in 15,000 years, a Great Dane compared to a bloody Chihuahua, you know? And they are the same species, let alone different lineages, uh, different ancestors, um, millions of years apart. You're going to get some pretty weird and different-looking animals. So that, that, that's what I like to tell people whenever they go, you know, they, they think that life just popped up and has always been like this. There was the dinosaurs, they died, then humans popped up. It's a very long process, you know, it's not just things pop up, it's a long ass process. And a million years, geologically speaking, isn't that old. But looking at it from a human perspective, it is bloody old to us. But that that's why when you say, oh, life popped up during the Cambrian, that was 55 million years uh, that epoch lasted. So considering the Earth is like four, four and a half billion years, that's not a super long period of time, geologically speaking, 56 million years out of four billion. So that's when you hear people say the Cambrian explosion because it is sudden, geologically speaking, but 56 million years is still a shitload of time for animals to evolve and become more complex and, you know, multi-celled organisms to start popping up. So, yeah, geologically speaking, 56 million years is kind of an explosion, but, hell, try count to 1 million and in seconds and that will take the best part of two weeks. So... Convergent evolution is such a fascinating field and there are so many examples of it. And these animals that um, evolve similar things to different animals, even though they're from different ancestry and lineages, um, we do possess genes for that to happen. Like humans possess genes to have tails. That's why some people are born with vestigial tails. These genes are just sort of suppressed and muted. Um, chickens have the suppressed gene that allows them to have teeth in their beaks, just like dinosaurs, like Archaeopteryx and things like that. So they already do possess these genes, they're just switched off or muted, and it only takes something to happen where something's born with that and that gene is back on, and you get a very strange-looking animal. <laughs> very strange-looking animal. So... Yeah, this one was a bit more of a complicated episode, but it is so interesting because a lot of people don't think about it. Go, yeah, hang on a second. An ichthyosaur looks, has the same body plan as a dolphin. And they're hundreds of, well, not hundreds of years, but they're tens of millions of years apart. How the hell does that happen? Um, it's convergent evolution. You have the same problem and you give it a few million years and a million different attempts at some point in time, you're going to come up with the same conclusion. You have a million dice and you roll it a million times, you're going to land on the same number a shitload of times. And that, that's, that's convergent evolution. Same problems, eventually you'll come to the same conclusions. Alrighty. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned a thing or two because I just basically gave you a very brief... Uh, sort of as le less complicated as I could version of this um, but if you want to find out more do some research because it is really fascinating <laughs>
next week's episode is going to be another Pant Hoot podcast episode, which I'm looking forward to because I get to talk about monkeys and apes and other primates. Uh, I haven't figured out what primate I'm going to do it on yet because I've got so many that I want to do it on. Uh, but next week's episode will be Pant Hoot podcast, all about filthy monkeys, apes, and your wet nose primates. They're not filthy. I love them. I only say that because they, um, uh, what's it called? Planet of the Apes. Get your dirty hand. No, what is it? Your filthy hands off me, you damn dirty ape. Ah, classic. All right. Have a good rest of your week, guys. Have a good weekend. And I'll see you next time on Thorn's Jungle.